Welcome to the Dinner Party Download. This is your icebreaker. There's a place in London called the Isle of Dogs, okay? So two cockneys are sitting in a bar, and one says to the other one, where are you from, mate? And he says, Isle of Dogs. And he says, I love dogs too, mate, where are you from? I'm Brendan Francis Noonan. I'm Rico Galliano, and from the Frank Stanton Studios in Los Angeles, this is the Dinner Party Download, the show that helps you win your next dinner party. This week's icebreaker came from our guest of honor, British comedian Josie Long. We'll be speaking with her later, but first, let's do a little small talk. So, Rico, since our last show, and since I went swimming in the Adriatic for two weeks... I'm very jealous, but I missed you. Aw, thanks, guy. It feels warmer in here. It's because of my suntan. <laughs> um, so since that time, three giants of our youth have passed away. Alas. John Hughes, who's synonymous with public high school in the 80s. Indeed, and with feathered hair. And he looks a little like Karl Rove. Different story. Les Paul, who basically invented the rock guitar sound. And rest in peace, Golden Rule. We'll miss you. Yes. People at healthcare town halls around the country... We're not doing unto others as they would have done unto them. True. Or maybe they were. I thought of that, uh, but it was too disturbing to really fully process. <laughs> yes, don't. <laughs> anyway, here's the golden rule for this segment. Get the folks at Marketplace to tell us some news stories you haven't heard. Stacey Vanek-Smith, senior reporter at Marketplace, what's your story? Well, four former prisoners from Guantanamo got released, and they're living in Bermuda now. And the U.S. and British government just hooked them up with these cushy jobs on a Bermudan golf course. They went from going from the wrong place at the wrong time to the right place all the time. So right. <laughs> Hetty Hirsch, senior editor and star of the Marketplace Whiteboard podcast. What story are you going to be talking about this weekend? Well, I like the story about Whole Foods staff having this training program for shoppers so they can teach you how to shop cheaply in Whole Foods. It's like a class? No, it's not like a class. It's like a guy or a person who is in the store and is supposed to help shoppers shop cheaply. So I guess the first tip they give is to leave Whole Foods immediately. It's like turn around and walk out and go down the road to Ralph's. Jeremy Hobson, New York reporter for Marketplace. What story are you going to be talking about this weekend? Well, you know those uh, Nigerian email scams that tell you you've got billions of dollars waiting for you in a bank account? Wait, they're scams? <laughs> yes, I'm sorry <laughs> to tell you that. Uh, yes, well, the, the, the thing is the scammers are actually having a hard time in this recession themselves. Oh, what, what's going on over there? Well, it turns out that Americans are less willing to give up their bank account numbers when their bank accounts are dwindling. This sounds like a job for Bono. <laughs> but the other thing I was thinking is that these guys actually meet all the requirements for a government bailout because they add no value to the world and they're good at duping people. And now, time for cocktails. Once again, we tell you something that happened in history, then give you a fitting drink to serve along with it. It's like doing a cannonball into the lake of time, only to find it's full of booze. <laughs> we begin, as always, with the history. This week back in 1958, Otto Vita died. Who was he, and why do we care? Your dinner guests probably won't know, but thanks to our friend Michelle Philippi, you're about to. Otto Vita was an illiterate circus magician. Oh, and for a few days, he was also the king of Albania. The year was 1913. Albania had just become an independent nation, so the country was looking for a king. Among the contenders, Halim Adin, the nephew of a sultan in Turkey. European newspapers printed pictures of Adin, and Otto Vita and his pals couldn't help notice the guy bore a striking resemblance to Otto. 
So, like any good showman, Otto decided to step into the role. He sent telegrams to Albania announcing he, Halim Adin, was coming to accept the throne. Sure enough, he was crowned upon arrival. He even got a harem of women to keep him company. And a few days later, when the real Adin caught wind of the ruse, Otto pocketed a bunch of royal cash and hightailed it to Italy, where he blew it all on parties. Now, some say there's one problem with Otto's story. It probably wasn't true. Otto was known for tall tales, and this one sounds suspiciously similar to the novel Prisoner of Zenda, a film of which happened to be released in 1913. After all, it would only be for a day, wouldn't it? King for a day. Then again, no one actually disproved Otto's tale. In fact, in Germany, the story made him famous. The police even let him add a royal title to his official ID. It read Otto Vita, ex-king of Albania. And when he died penniless in Hamburg in 1958, that's what they inscribed on his grave. So that's the history. Now for the drink to serve with it, I'm speaking with Mata Renga. He's talking to me from Bar Hamburg in, yes, Hamburg, Germany. Mata, what cocktail does Atovita's story inspire you to make? We picked uh, something strong and then something that makes you like want to lie because he was a big liar, you know? <laughs> he had this uh, reputation of posing as other people, not only the king of Albania and all that kind of stuff. So this drink will really get you high. <laughs> It's um, go for it. First component is a Gosling Black Seal Rum. Okay. Then we have a Overproof Ray and Nephew White Rum. It smells so sweet uh, you can hardly smell that it's so strong. You know, oh, it's what? almost like 25% stronger than an ordinary. And now there comes the best Falernum, a spice liquor on a rum basis. So, so it's like a spicy type of rum. It's made from spices and from herbs and stuff like that. Then you take a sugar cane syrup. And then I, I put one whole sweet and juicy lime in a Boston tumbler full of ice. Uh, wait, I just put down the phone. You shake it till it's chilled without lobby da yeah? Okay. Shake it really hard. You all right? Oh, you got to shake that so hard that you really start to sweat. <laughs> so I serve it in a tumbler crown-looking eight-cornered tumbler and uh, make a scepter out of a cocktail stick with orchid leaves and various fruits. All right, so it's like a glass crown with a scepter swizzle stick. So we could actually call it a king of Albania. Oh, it smells very nice. Let me have a drink. I'm 10,000 miles away from you. How dare you? Oh, man. So I actually got two now, so what a shame you're not here. Chin. Damn you! So, Brendan, check it out. Mata told me that drink is basically a cocktail called a wranglum with a few... Wranglum? Yeah, I know. I asked him about it, too. I thought it was a German word. Apparently, it isn't. Uh, Sounds Albanian. (laughs) Well, it's it's a wranglum with a few modifications, so it is yet another thing masquerading as a king of Albania. You know, this whole story reminds me of my Aunt Margaret. Why is that? She looked exactly like Mel Torme. (laughs) But as far as I know, she never tricked anyone. Although she did get a lot of casino comps, I'll tell you. (laughs) She had an Oldsmobile with tinted windows. She was pretty serious. Ladies and gentlemen, you can make us feel like royalty uh, and drop us an email. We are dinnerparty at AmericanPublicMedia.org.
Our guest of honor this week is British comedian Josie Long. Her most recent show is called All the Planet's Wonders. It was a celebrated podcast. Here's a clip. If you're eight years old, a fact alone is enough to justify a conversation. I wish that was more normal in adult life. I just want my phone conversations to be. Hi, tell me some facts about owls. Happy to. Smallest owl, elf owl, 15 centimetres head to toe. It's known for its erratic, belligerent behaviour. It suffers from irritable owl syndrome. Most useful owl, the tea owl, good for the kitchen. Those aren't facts, Josie, they're just puns. Sorry, Maeve, I can't hear you over the background noise. Did you say those were great facts? No, and what background noise? And I said... (laughs) Sorry, you're breaking up... You're breaking up. Josie Long, thanks for being here. All the Planet's Wonders is primarily about science, and it's about your excitement around the subject of science. I was wondering if it was a conscious decision of yours to do positive comedy. Um, sort of. Basically, I, I, I wouldn't say that my stuff is just nice and just positive, because I don't think it is, but... I did make a conscious decision when I wrote my first show. I would try and have it about things that I was excited by as opposed to things I was angry by because I thought, if I do want to tour this, I don't know if I can conjure up fake anger every day. You know, I can't be like, I'm so furious, you can't get a cup of coffee here, you know. Whereas I think I could, if I really found the things that I loved, explain that every day. And and it's actually a bit of a gamble because the reason I think a lot of comedians go towards negative stuff is because you have to be more artful and clever to pull off being positive. If you ask people how, how they're doing and they're like, I'm fine. That's not as exciting as if they're like, well, actually, I'm not doing well. I would say I definitely have to be so much cleverer than everyone. But, you know, it's a cross I have to bear. Yeah, if you say to somebody, hi, how are you? And they go, fine. You're like, oh, well, I'm not interested. But if you say to somebody, hi, how are you? And they went, listen to me. I have made a rocket and uh, it is 16 foot long. And you come and have a look at this. You'd be like, shit, yeah, you made a rocket. So you angry, I'm going over with this guy. Like, <laughs> Well, on this show, we ask more than just simply how you're doing. We have two standard questions. First of which is, what question are you tired of being asked at dinner parties? Okay, the one I'm really, really sick of, I'm almost sick to bring it up, which is, it's kind of an amalgam of two questions, and it will go like this. Oh, you're a comedian? Yes. Ah, the thing is, I don't normally find women funny. I don't find women... There aren't really any women comedians, are there? And this is women, and you want to go, you are aware that's sexist. You you know, you can't go, wow, you're a surgeon, you've done my stomach really nice, which is funny because normally women surgeons are rubbish. People think that because it's something that's subjective and artistic that they can make these generalizations. So we have another question on our show. What's something we don't know about you, something you haven't talked about in interviews before? I don't really talk about my private life, but that's more because no one asked me. No one's like, is your boyfriend well fit? And I'll be like, yeah, he is. <laughs> um, I could talk about the fact that if I got married... I wouldn't change my name, right? I wouldn't. But what do I do with my kids? I just don't know. Like, I don't have any kids. So, I mean, that, to be honest, is a problem solved already. But, like, do I call them my name, his name, his name, my name? How do we solve this problem? And you also have the added bonus of your name is a, is an adjective. Mm. And so you could find, I think you'd have to find someone with the proper noun. My boyfriend's name is Branch. So Long Branch is quite cool. Long Branch work. That's actually a town in New Jersey. Is it? Yeah. I should go there. It's actually where Norman Mailer's from. Oh my God. Now there's a guy who didn't like female comedians. So Brendan, I was thinking if you married Gary Newman, then he would be Gary Newman Noonan. <laughs> well, first of all, uh, he would be Gary Francis Newman Noonan. <laughs> I'll have you know. You know, I was thinking that they shouldn't give kids last names anywhere. They should just give them like Twitter addresses. Because they're going to have them anyway. <laughs> and this way you can follow them wherever they are. <laughs> 
<laughs> which is all you want out of a child. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we are the proud parents of Dinner Party DNLD. Follow it. So we've met our guest of honor. Now it's time for the main course, where we tell you what's going on in the world of food. So, Brendan, this year, Peruvian is the hot ethnic food. I feel that. I feel that. Pisco sours are all the rage. That is true. Ceviche has been popular for a while now. Very delicious, like a raw citrusy fish preparation. But a few days ago, I visited the restaurant Mochica, which has some of the best Peruvian around. And Mochica also happens to be my nickname. Really? <laughs> yeah. I thought Didn't you it see w- it on my jeans? <laughs> I have it written right there in Stitch. And anyway, I spoke with the owner. His name is Ricardo Zarate about a dish that's always fascinated me. It is called saltado. It has marinated meat, tomatoes, mm-hmm. onions, rice, uh, peppers, and here's the fascinating part. There's French fries in saltado. Where does that come from? Well, that's this Peruvian food. <laughs> this is what this means, Peruvian food. You know, it's the mix of different cultures. So saltado is a dish... Basically, it's a mix between the Chinese food with the French, you know, French or European. Because the French, after the Spanish left, the French came over to Peru. So the French brought, literally brought French fries to Peru? That techniques, you know, French fries, that, that must be learning from Europe. But, you know, potatoes are original from Peru. They're, they already have potatoes in Peru, yeah. Yeah, we have like almost like 2,000 type of potatoes in my country. 2,000? Yeah, I'm pretty sure about more than 1,500, yes. <laughs> Which one do you like to use? Uh, here are the ones I have available, but in Peru, yeah, it's a lot of type of potato. You, you, there is potatoes I, I probably don't know either. Which one, if you were in Peru, what potato would you most like to use of the ones, <laughs> of the few you could possibly keep in a human brain? I like uh, the yellow potato, the, we call it yellow potato, papa maria. You, you boil the potato and it will taste like a really, like a French mashed potato right away. Really? really? Amazing. Yeah, really, really amazing. How is that possible? It's the potato, it's the consistency of the potato. You just boil it and it's really nice and yellow. When you just eat it, it melts in your mouth, you know, it's unbelievable. I love it. Can, and we can't get that here? Uh, no, not yet. I'm, I'm growing this one, but... Uh. What, you're growing that? No, I'm just joking. I wish. <laughs> um, so you get the, the French fries from France, and then the, the sort of stir-fry quality of it is coming from China? Saltado means sauté, sauté in a wok. You know, the technique is definitely 100% Chinese. So stir-fry with French fries. Anything with fries in the name twice is okay by me. <laughs> Wow, man. I had no idea David Kiepo was Peruvian. Dave Kiepo, who's that? He's my college roommate who put french fries on everything. <laughs> everything. <laughs> I think Dave might actually be from the country of Stone to Stan. I think that joke came from that country. <laughs> and that's the Dinner Party download for this week. Uh, we have a new fan page on Facebook. Look for it there. My mom joined, so you should be able to figure it out. You can also catch us on the Arts and Culture Show Off Ramp, hosted by John Raby and Queen of Kim. You'll find that at kpcc.org. Thanks to Brian Jones, Rachel Salomon, Rebecca Cerrone, and Delassie Michelis. We leave you, as always, with One for the Road, a song to listen to on your way to or departing from this weekend's dinner party. It's from Atlas Sound, which is really Deer Hunter, with Noah Lennox, who is really Panda Bear, and it's called Walkabout. Bon appetit.
I'm Rico Galliano. And I'm Brendan Gary Newman. Goodbye. <laughs>